to Geek and Friends. I am your host, Scott Davis, right alongside me, Ravager. Ravager? It's the wrong universe. It's Marvel. I thought that they were, they were the Ravagers. Regulators. Ah, whatever. The bad guy. <clears throat> and Osiris Group. That's that's where you are. Great, so I'm dead. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> no? <clears throat> not all of them are dead. Yeah, they are. Some of them were, you know, probably in another place. Maybe. All the ones we saw. All the ones we saw are dead. They're dead. Yes. Yeah. And so as you can say, we're going to go into the final episode and our series review or season review of Star Trek Discovery, season three. Mm-hmm. How'd you like it, Scott? It fixed an error. It did fix an error. You are correct. It fixed an error. <laughs> and I would I would venture to say that it fixed two errors. We'll see what your second error is. You know what my first one is. I know exactly what your first error is. But we will we will see going forward how it handles out. I got theories. We'll go into the theories after. Right, right. This. But right now we're gonna start off where Osira has Michael and Book on the bridge, and she's threatening Book because hey, you know how to get there. Yeah, exactly. He knows the the location of this dilithium planet that's in that nebula, and dilithium is it's a very powerful bargaining chip in this universe. Well, a whole planet of it, yeah. Exactly. So she essentially tortures Book in front of Michael in order to get Book to talk. A little weird, but I think they did it to Book because... Well, she actually did say this when Book was in the infirmary later in the episode. She said, well, we know that you came after Book because, you know, when he was, you know, on the mine, Mm -hmm. mining planet. And we also know that you went down to Book's home planet. Right. And tried to save them. Yeah, because she loves him. We know there's a little connection between the two of them. (laughs) But that's because, as Jason just stated, we all know that she loves him. And you can't say the word love. You have to do the whole I I thought I did. You did. Okay. Hey, at least that didn't come out of nowhere. I mean, they spent a year together. No, I'm not denying that. Okay, all right. So, um, I I liked how that worked. Essentially, they're using his empathic nature against him because Mm -hmm. it opens him up to certain things that this fancy doodad thing exploits in in their torture of him. Exactly. Fancy doodad torture thing. Yes. Now, I saw saw the headband and I was like, isn't that just the same thing they threw on Stamets? No. Because like, <laughs> isn't it just that fact that they want to control him and you know control what he does? But I guess it's a different yeah. a different headband thing. Well, she's in full-on sinister mode now because she, her, her peace-loving plan got uh, rejected, so now she is back in full thug mode. Now, one thing I did like was uh, her scientist, Arulio? I don't know. Uh, the guy in the wheelchair that we talked about last time that played like four different Klingons? Three different Klingons? Three, but good guess. Four different characters, three different Klingons. Yes. Okay. Counting a really... Okay. So he tries to appeal to Osira's, you know, more enlightened side and fails miserably and she chokes him until he passes out and then takes what she wants because she's terrible. Yes. I, I will say I do. I did like her better in the last episode just because she was more conniving because mm-hmm. now she's just a bull in a china shop. Right now, she's literally a mustache-twirling villain. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, okay, fine, it has its place. Khan was a mustache-twirling villain, but Osiris ain't Khan. So, you know, Michael implores her to stop the torture, let me talk to him, and then promptly sets up a quarantine field and beats the crap out of the two guards that are in with her and escapes I actually, with Book. I actually liked the quarantine field coming up. It was pretty cool. That was like It was like good maneuvering on that end. Uh-huh. So, now we know that uh, Michael and Book are escaped book is in bad shape but she 
before they escape, she actually stabs him with adrenaline. So he's like super amped up. He's, he jumped up right out of that bed and ready to go. Oh, yeah. Now, in the chase that, that she was in, I loved the fact we actually got to see the behind the scenes of the turbo lift. See, I am of but two was, minds about but this. But I was like, I don't believe it should be that vast. It's so open. huge. It's just this so giant, vast. empty space that is apparently contained in this starship. They did this in a short trek for um, that took place on the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I just, I get why they do it. I don't like it. Anywho, while all this is going on, Osira has sealed off the bridge crew, you know, in below deck six, I believe it was, and cuts off life support. So they are trying to do what they can, but they are running out of air. I mean, they did find, like, I think it was, like, one oxygen mask. Yeah, which is pretty poor planning on Discovery's part. Yeah, so need more than one oxygen mask throughout the entire level. Yeah. <laughs> They're basically stuck. They can't really go anywhere, but Michael has a plan. She goes on a broadcast and gives a very cryptic message to Tilly. Which Tilly gets and understands because she's Tilly. Yes. They were roommates. They they, they hung yeah, out a lot and together. They are really good friends. They're, they're, yeah, good, they're good friends. They could have done stuff that we didn't see in the episode. Well, it's not like that, that it's not that we didn't see the event that she's referring to. It's that how did she get that from what she talked about? And I guess she did. Yeah, I she know. kind of explained it. So, I mean, if I say something to you cryptically, you know, about like the podcast or anything like that, yeah, I'd probably like, you're gonna pick it up, whereas your wife would have no idea. This is very true. So it's like you know, friends have a way of communicating that transcend. So I am actually, even though I'm the one that actually fights against Michael majority of time or the all these shenanigans, <laughs> I'm the one that's actually defending it. All right, fine. So. The plan is for the bridge crew to go and set off an explosive in the warp nacelle that's going to essentially separate it from the ship. The whole reason they said we have detachable nacelles. Uh, yeah, right? They, it's, it's like, I was hoping for detachable nacelles to go into like the battle planning and stuff like I told you before. Right. How, but I'm like, no, no, no. This is the whole thing for the detachable nacelles so they can do this little maneuver. Yeah, so they can blow it off, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the whole purpose of the bridge crew in this episode, is to go and do that. And Michael and Book have to go and get to the data core because they can't actually control the ship because Osira's got, like, her emerald chain coding and is taken over the computer, which, I mean, it's smart. Yeah. And their solution... It's, it's like a computer virus that took over the computer. Right. And their solution is actually a time-honored IT solution to everything. Reboot. They're going to turn off the main computer and turn it back on again. <laughs> I used to do tech support mm-hmm. when I was younger. And, you know, almost 90% of the calls was unplug it, wait 30 seconds, plug it back in. Yep. <laughs> it fixes everything. They, they did it. I can't tell you how many other treks they did it in. This is It's just something they do. Yeah. Well, it's, just, <clears throat> it's the most common answer for yeah. issues. Right. I'm glad to see that has held, you know, 1,200 years into the future. Mm. So... They have to get there, and they get on a turbo lift, and they escape, and this is where the aforementioned action scene takes place, on a turbo lift that is going through, like, the turbo lift space in the ship, which, as we already said, it's way bigger than it should be. Oh, so much bigger than it should be. Yeah, I mean, it was a cool action sequence. I mean, it, it involved Michael jumping from turbo lift to turbo lift, yeah. and, and Book fighting Zara in their turbo lift. And... My, my concern <clears throat> is, my, my question is, like, an elevator goes up and down in a single shaft. Right. Okay. Turbo lifts are supposed to go up, down, left, left right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Z axis, Y axis. Um, oh yeah. And and all, all, and, and they and do all show them ways. doing that. 
and it shows it doing that. But where's the stops? Where, where, where do you? I mean, I don't know. it's just like a whole bunch of empty space around everything else. It's like, uh, like okay. Do you know what it reminds me of? Go ahead. It reminds me of where they keep the doors in Monsters Inc. <laughs> actually yeah yeah it does it it is yeah and like i said i i understand i just don't i don't like it it should not be that big it should not be that vast no but it was pretty cool oh yeah like i said it was a cool action scene michael escapes she gets to the data core book he actually manages to kill zara because zara threatened the cat oh yeah you can't threaten that cat nope you know why because of scrudge because she's a queen (laughs) <laughs> i am rolling my eyes people. <laughs> i am rolling my eyes hey book has said this multiple times in the series i'm just hoping that eventually maybe in season four we find out that it's she's an actual actually queen. a queen of some weird cat planet because that'd be great anyway <clears throat> all of this is taking place on the ship i'm gonna leave that we're gonna ba- go back to the dilithium planet for a little while sure we'll have fun with sukal uh-huh so at this point after Sukal's little temper tantrum in the last episode they were in, which was actually two episodes ago, it has destabilized the Hollow Matrix even more, and there are no Hollow characters except for the monster. Yes. Probably because the monster is the only one that hasn't been able to actually finish its programming. Probably, yeah. So, because the whole point of the program for the monster was for him to see, right, and to he, face his fear, because he keeps on saying "see, see." Yeah. Um, the monster still looks cool. Yeah, it does. Um, we do find a, a Adira comes in, and because they they stowed away, and Gray actually shows up, and everyone can see him. I thought that was kind of cool, and I like it because it it reaffirms that there is something else going on there. It's not just because okay, when it first <clears throat> happened, I think we we kind of assumed that okay, she it's just a physical manifestation of Gray mm-hmm. that Adira has because of the trill. Yes. But I think this proves that there's more to it than that. Which we won't find out until next season. Right. Although they did say that they are going to try and work it. So I think that is going to be a plot point next season. And I know that Grey Tal is apparently a part of the cast for season four, which they are currently shooting. Which is why I also know another character is going to be back next season. Which we'll get there. We will wait for that one a little later. Yeah. So essentially what has to happen now is they have to get Sukal to face his fear behind the locked door well before that gray tall and adara tall and culver they're, they're looking around oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> they actually look out and they see that the planet is actually um you know falling apart a little bit but it's also the ship is well like the, sh- the planet's like unstable and the ship yeah. is is just like almost destroyed it crashed 150 years ago <laughs> yeah or something like that so we at least have that yeah we have sukal with saru right and Saru is trying to, you know, show Sukal, I'm real. <laughs> well, not only I'm real, but I'm actually a Kelpian. Yes. Because you got to remember, for whatever reason, the Holopedic changed everybody's races. So. Strange, but okay. Well, even even Adira and Grey. Yeah. I don't know what Adira was, Adira but was Grey was a Vulcan. Ta- Adira was a tattooed thing. Yeah. And Grey was a Vulcan. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know why, but it did. So, Saru has to convince Sukal that... He is a Kelpian, mm-hmm. and he is real. Yes. And he does this by... Talking about food. Talking about food, showing him how to make a traditional Kelpian dish, eating with him, telling him about his family. And it eventually works. Mm-hmm. And they convince Sukal to go through the door. Yes. Now, 
I, I will say, I, I don't know if we actually put it on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure I told you I guessed what co- what happened when he caused the burn. Yeah, you oh, did. And I, I think that was, it was last episode, I think is what we talked about it. And they did give more of a reason as to why he was able to cause the burn. I did say... You did. Because he got because he was changed with in utero. Right. And they did say that was... Which I'm guessing is also why he can live in the radiation planet. Which is also what I said for the And then the they, had, they had some whole weird Star Trek technobabble thing about sound waves going through subspace and mm. subspace hitting all the dilithium. And I, honestly, I was fine with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it, they just didn't leave it as, oh, well, he crashed here and he yelled and now the burn happened. Yeah. It actually had to do with... Sound waves traveling through subspace. And I think what uh, the reason why the mother and the family were able to survive a little bit longer in the radiation was because the hollow program had a radiation shield around it. Right. Which is now failing because the ship is falling apart. Yes. And he, the reason why they were dying is because he was a four-year-old that was curious, turned off the hollow program mm-hmm. so you can see what the outside was like. Right. And then all of them just got bombarded with radiation. Right. And we find out that his greatest fear, which is behind that closed door, was his memory of being like four or five years old and watching his mother die, Mm -hmm. which is when he caused the burn. Correct. Um, And it cannot be understated. His whole family was on that ship, it appears, because there were body bags all over the floor and his mother was just the last one to die. Yeah. So he sees that. He comes to terms with it. He ends the hollow program and then he actually, he sees the outside and he starts to get a little freaked out. And then you hear Saru talk and he turns around and everybody's back to normal. They look normal and he sees another Kelpie. It was really well played. Yeah. Um, I was actually satisfied with that storyline. I was expecting a little bit more when they mentioned it at the beginning of the season, Mm -hmm. but I still wanted more explanation for the burn because the whole he yells and oh yeah you got like two or three lines of dialogue and it was pure star trek techno babble yeah which it's part of the reason i'm okay with it because trek does this all the time it's it's fake science yes it is fake (laughs) it is fake people right so now sukal is saved they are able to beam away and they're crying out discovery beam us away discovery beam us away so let's jump back to discovery and michael's in the data core and Literally, she goes into the data core. <laughs> that was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> the bridge crew does manage to, you know, fight through oxygen deprivation, blah blah yeah. blah blah, and blow off the nacelle. So, I mean, I mean, I have to go back to the data core thing, okay? Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I, was, I just wanted to let people know where the bridge crew was. All right, well, the bridge crew, blah blah. They, they did that. They knocked them out of warp. They're, they're losing oxygen. Uh, the only person that's able mm-hmm. to actually walk to the Nacelle, it was Owo because she, uh, as a child, was able to hold her breath a lot longer. Yeah, because she free dives. Yeah. Yeah. And and it knocks the ship out of warp, and then the (laughs) giant emerald chain ship kind of like swallows the Discovery, which was kind of sweet. But before all of this, and during that, uh, Osiris fighting Michael. So this is like a little, a a pretty decent fight. It was. um, Of that. And... Michael literally pulls a Homer Simpson going into the hedges <laughs> into the nacelle. I, I, needed a, I, I, oh, I needed to say that. Oh, man, I'm like, never going to unsee that now. <laughs> it literally, it was. Because you're right. It really was. It's, oh. it's Homer Simpson going into the hedges is literally what Michael did to the data core. It is. It's very true. 
Even um, though Michael was was that a data core or was that a wall of programmable matter? It was a wall of programmable matter. Okay, but it's within the within the data. Yeah, core. it was within the data core. But it's it's just it was, even though Michael was being pushed into it by Osara, that's all I could think of when I saw that. And now, whenever I see it, that is all I will be able to think about. Thank you very much. Perfect analogy. <laughs> it is. Although Homer did not stick a gun out of it and shoot someone in the face. No, no, he did not. He just, he just. Yeah. Slowly walked Which is exactly what Michael did. She stuck a gun out and shot Osira in the face and killed her and then was able to get out and... She does the reboot. Complete the reboot. The ship is now under control and they have to figure out how they're going to escape. Because remember, they are like inside of this ship. Now, I think this is one of your first correction issues, which is they now have more than just Stamets. Now, you are correct. That is one of the corrections, but that's actually not one of the corrections I, I had considered. Okay, okay. And that wasn't the correction I was looking at either. But Oh, just... I know what correction you were looking at. <laughs> so, all right. Their plan, which it's an interesting one, is to jettison the warp core. They always do that. Uh, well, first they're going to cause a core breach and then jettison it to blow up the... What, is it the Viridian? Yes. The ship, yeah. The, the Emerald Changeup. Because they're, they're going to throw the core out... Blow it inside the mouth of the Viridian. Yeah. And they were going to black alert out. Yes. Before it blows up. Before it blows obviously. up. Obviously. Now, oh, how are they going to do this without Stamets, you ask? Well, apparently, the theory, because they've never tested this, is that Book's ability to use empathy to communicate with other life forms... Mm -hmm. Means he can empathetically talk to yeah. the mycelial. Exactly. Now... My, my question was at this beginning was... Stamus wasn't just how to be able to talk to the mycelios. He needed to know how to where to fly within it. Well, right. So it was an actual network he needed to do. Right. But I, I think that had more to do with knowing your destination mm -hmm. and being able to talk to the mycelial or communicate with the mycelial network to get them in through the intervening space. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, Book knows where they're going. He, If it works, he should be able to do that. Yes. Now, was there ever a question as to whether it would work? Of course not. No, you knew no. it was going to work. No, there was not. So they blow up the Emerald Chain ship, they escape, and they pick up the crew. They pick up Saru and uh, Culber and Adira. Adira. Gray is not there anymore because Gray disappeared when the holodeck program shut off. But there's and, something and, to it. And they picked up Sue Call. And well. they picked up Sue Call. So that is the end of the actual story, and then you get the little epilogue. Yes. Now, the epilogue... Is where they is where we have the is a big shakeup. Yes, so the big shakeup is Saru is now staying on the Kaminar Kaminar planet with Sukal. Yes, and so now there's no captain left on Discovery. Mm, who do you think the captain is going to be, Scott? It should be its new first officer, which is Tilly. Really. No. <laughs> I cannot imagine how badly you would have taken that if they'd have done that. I would have been pissed if that was a joke. No, 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 no. So no. would I. So would every no. Star Trek fan. No, they they made uh, Commander Burnham right. the new captain, and which was my fix right. that I was looking at. Well, and... Okay, I wasn't looking for the fix, but it, it was. I think it was necessary. And they did have a nice... She had a talk with Vance, and Vance says, you know... You don't do things necessarily the way I think they should be done, but you do them your way and it gets it done. No, 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 no. He said you don't do things the right way. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> now, I guess I don't have a huge problem with how she does things, 
because and and this is why I, I don't understand this complaint about Michael in that she doesn't do things the way she's supposed to. Because have you watched the TOS movies with Kirk? <laughs> the man stole a dang ship to go save his friend. Yes. And then he stole a Klingon ship. That's Kirk, though. <laughs> what I am saying is, is her behavior is not out of character for a commanding officer of that time period. I mean, Sulu went against orders in Star Trek VI to go rescue Kirk. Yeah. I mean, it... So what you're saying is, it's okay to be insubordinate. I'm not saying it's okay to be insubordinate. I am saying it's okay to sometimes do things your own way. Yeah. So what is your second fix? My second fix is they finally got new uniforms. Oh, yeah. Oh. Jason really wanted that. I Okay. I, you've been listening to the podcast, so you know that I, I really enjoy Discovery. Like, borderline love it. I think it's it's a lot of fun. It's different. And I'm just, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I've hated their uniforms since the first episode. Mm-hmm. I think they're terrible. I think they're... Just a crappier version of the Star Trek Enterprise uniforms, which were more resembled flight suits, which made sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas these were just ugly and stupid. And you know what really killed me about them? And this is a stupid nitpick. Every single Trek series has used color to denote department. Mm -hmm. Well, they actually have color now in the new ones. They do. They also added a color. It's gray. No, no, no. There's um. Oh, white. So, so they you kept have, white for doctors. So we have white for doctors, red for command, blue for science, yellow for operations. Operations. Yeah, yeah. I actually like the fact that they use white to denote doctor mm-hmm. because I, while I yes, doctoring is a science. Mm-hmm. It is separate from being like an astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. So, my biggest problem with their with the original uniforms was that they did not use those colors. TOS used gold for command, red for engineering, yellow for, uh, no, take it back. It was blue you were thinking of. Yeah. It was, it's gold for command, red for engineering security, and blue for science. Yes. And Enterprise used the same colors very subtly. So then, for some reason, in the intervening hundred years, they came up with these butt-ugly uniforms where they just used silver and gold and blue to denote their stuff. And I hated them. Yep. Well, they have new ones. They're gray. They have a color strip on them, which denotes their department, which is the TNG designation with the addition of the white. And I like them. (laughs) And I'm glad they got rid of the ugly uniforms. Now, the other thing that they fixed was Michael is now the captain of the Discovery. Yes. Now, the lead of the show is the captain. Right. And the thing is, this was a problem with the show's inception. The original showrunner, um, Brian Fuller, he wanted to tell a story from not the command viewpoint which was fine for the first one well you got to remember originally this series was going to be an anthology series Mm -hmm. so yes he was going to tell a story from the view of a in you know a treasonous commander or i don't know if that's what his original but he was going to tell it from the view of the science officer Mm -hmm. and then being an anthology it was then going to jump to something else well when the new showrunners took over because brian fuller left before they even started production they kept a bunch of his ideas including that Mm -hmm. But then they went with, well, this is no longer an anthology. We're going to stick with this crew for season upon season. So then we have the non-command officer as your main character in a show that's been on for three seasons now. And by the third season, it really started to irritate me. Well, it's because it started to get kind of ridiculous. I love Saru as captain. I think he was great. Yeah. 
but in order to have Michael be the constant center because she was the show's main character, they had to do stupid things to make her the center. So let me ask you this, because you said you already know that they're filming, you know, who, uh, actors coming back. Is Doug Jones coming back? Doug Jones is back. Good. But I, he it just means he's not going to be captain anymore. Well, okay, here's my theory. I, th- I think that Michael will be the captain. Mm-hmm. I think that, well, I hope. This is my theory. Doug Jones is going to come back and he's going to be an ambassador mm-hmm. for the Federation, not for Starfleet, that is going to travel with the Discovery because Discovery is going from planet to planet to planet. Because Discovery is basically right now, they, they figured out a way to mine that di- the dilithium off of that planet. So mm-hmm. Discovery is delivering it to Federation and non-Federation worlds. And they're getting people back into the Federation. The Trill have already joined and the uh, Navarans are in talks. Are in talks. Largely because of Saru, if we're being honest. Very much Which so. is what hints to me that the ambassador. He, he could be an ambassador. And I, I think it would be a good way to solve the fact that, A, Michael is now your captain, so your main character is your captain, but then you still get to keep the great character of Saru. Because Saru is great. He now, is. I'm not going to say anything. There's nothing to say bad about him. No. He, he is great, and I like Doug Jones. Even, even people online who really don't like Discovery really don't have anything bad to say about Saru as a yeah. character. So... There you have it. What's your feeling on the series and on a whole? The series or the season? Series. I I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the first season was a little rocky. And knowing the behind the scenes of this show really helps to understand why it's like that. Mm-hmm. Because they had... The, the concept was thought up by one person. And then it was taken over by another showrunner. Which is why there's like competing things in that first season. Mm-hmm. It's kind of rocky. The second season is largely good... But that's largely because of Pike. Largely because of Pike. They also had a showrunner shakeup in that season. Mm-hmm. Because the two people who were running the show primarily essentially were being abusive behind the camera and were fired. And then Alex Kirkman took over with Michelle Paradise. So they are the showrunners and they showran this entire season. Which is why I think season three is the most consistent. That's my thought right now is because it's usually why I asked about the series. Because the series itself was very rocky going forward. Right. This ser- this season right here um, seemed like it was a correction season. Well, it was vastly helped by the fact that they jumped so far into the future into a time period unexplored. Mm-hmm. Because and that's were, what we want to see. Well, they were really tied down by trying to make it 10 years before Kirk. Yeah. Because we already know so much of what happens there. Well, that, that's, a, that's the thing. Enterprise was learning about how, how Starfleet was starting. Right. That's what Enterprise was. TOS... Brand new show. We've never seen it before. This is something right. n- something new for everyone. TNG, that is generations ahead. Yeah. New technology, newer crew, newer everything. DS9, your first time on a space station. And it was also, that was a heavily political show. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I love Deep Space Nine. Uh, Voyager, <laughs> it's, they're off to a completely different quadrant. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're seeing, and so exploration into that. Yeah, new, that, s- new species, new planets. Yep. Discovery, it started out stagnant. I agree. It started out being pigeonholed. Yeah. It was like, oh, you're around the time frame of TOS. Shouldn't you be wearing uniforms like TOS? Exactly. And then you Should... had some people, people say, oh, well, your tech looks so much better. Your tech is so much newer. So your tech has the ability to do the mycelial network I'm like we never heard about that at all right i i think they would have they could have rejiggered the concept mm-hmm. and put it 
50 to 100 years post TNG, yeah. and it would have worked perfectly fine. They wanted to have that connection of having her be part of uh, Spock's family, which I don't necessarily... Because here's the thing. This is the best season. Hands down. Yep. And the only time or anything we have mentioning about Spock's family is when she goes to see Navarre. Yeah. Largely, that's it. it is now unaffected by it. So I don't think that was a core thing that they had to have. Mm-hmm. So I think that the show started out rocky. I think it's... I think it got a lot better in season two, and I think it's really found its legs in season three, which, honestly, is par for the course with Star Trek. I mean, the first season of TNG is almost unwatchable. There's a handful of good episodes. The second season is better. Third season's great. But isn't that the end? Huh? Isn't that the end? The end of TNG? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I was thinking of TOS. No, I'm talking TNG. Yeah. No, with TOS, TOS is the weird one where the first season is the best. Yeah. And by the third season, it's kind of... Wonky. Yeah. yeah. So no, oh. T- TNG lasted seven. Yes. So yeah, I, I really enjoy the series as a whole, mm-hmm. and I think it this season was easily the best. I will say, I think they could have gotten away with doing one episode to see off Michelle Yeoh's character. Yeah. And then given that extra episode to fleshing out the finale more. It probably would be better. Yeah, but I mean, they 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 wanted to spend time in the alternate. Well, that and they they wanted to have. A big send off mm-hmm. for Giorgio because it's Michelle Yeoh. She's a good actress. What yeah, can we say? right. So I, I get it, but at the same time, I think they could have gotten away with doing one episode. I did largely like, with with the exception of that two parter, where it was all Giorgio, mm-hmm. and then like the last three episodes are pretty much one continuous thing. Yep. Before that, it was episodic. It was episodic, with hints, you know, with progress towards the end goal. But each episode had its own self-contained story. Mm-hmm. Like I said, with the finale, they did they did three episodes to final to um, to finish the season, and it largely was one story. Yeah. But before that, they were doing more episodic, and I think it was really good. I think it really worked, and I'm hoping that they stick more to that formula in season and that's, four. See, that's what we're gonna see in Strange New Worlds. Yes, and I am looking forward to that. I I don't mind um, serialized TV. Mm-hmm. but it's not my favorite. And in a show like this, I prefer more episodic. I think it, it allows them more freedom in their storytelling. And if they do it right, they could do something like they did this season where they have an overarching plot that they touch on every episode, but then each episode has its own storyline. We shall see about how it turns out in the future. Yep. Hopefully it's not as headbanging as it has been in the past. Well, couple of the biggest problems got fixed so <laughs> and now some news we have some sad news I, I don't like i don't know we've been doing a lot of sad news at the beginning right now well it's better to get it out of the way tear the band yeah. off all right well tanya roberts best known for me as the bond girl from a beauty kill roger moore and I saw that one several times because growing up, Roger Moore was my bond. Yes. So, yeah. Best known by a lot of other people probably as Donna Picotti's mother, Midge, within that 70s show. Mm-hmm. She was also the angel Julie in Charlie's Angels. Okay. Never watched that show. I, I mean, older people might recognize that one. Yeah. I, I, I think I probably saw one or two of my father when I was a kid. Yeah. But I don't really remember watching it. So our deepest sympathy goes out to her husband and her family. Next is 
there's been so many rumors going around about Michael Keaton becoming the new DCEU Batman for every other movie coming out in the, for the DCEU. Which would have been pretty trippy. Yeah. No, that's not true. <laughs> he's only going to be in the Flash movie. He has confirmed he's in the Flash movie. That they, That's what they've said. He is not going to be any other. Which makes sense because the Flash movie, is they're doing Flashpoint. So it makes sense. It would honestly it would make the most sense if he is in it, if Ben Affleck is in it, yep. if Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in it. Yep. <laughs> All of those guys should be in it. it. It does. But he is in the Flash movie, nothing else from what I am aware of. Okay. Star Wars, the High Republic had a launch event. There was like a mini uh, Zoom thing going on. I watched maybe like a minute of it okay because I, I was busy at work yeah <laughs> i couldn't really watch it I, I didn't watch either i know the concept that they're yeah. going for and i i like the concept they released a trailer for basic information about it and both the trailer and the zoom event you could actually watch it is on star wars youtube site so you just go to look for star wars okay and it'll be on there the first book for it is already out okay it came out today Oh, I got it on Audible, so I don't actually have a hard copy of it. I have the, I have the Audible version, and I am listening to it right now, from work. All right, well, I look forward to hearing <laughs> about it. Yes, yeah, so it'll be something I will I will be bringing uh, forward with us. It is um, Light of the Jedi. Okay, is the name of the book, and I am already on chapter five. Oh, all right, of it. It's pretty. It's a pretty quick read. Even though I'm listening to it, I can. It, tell yeah it's not super deep but yeah. I, in my experience most of the star wars novels that i weren't so yeah but um i'm gonna try and and, and go forward with the high republic storyline so i want to you know try and get as much as i can there are gonna be some comic books there's gonna be some magazines there are gonna be books so it's, it's following in, is not one of the disney plus shows coming out set in the high republic the I, the acolyte i believe I it was i think it was yes i think that is yes and our final piece of news, for those in the Chicago area, those visiting Chicago, at the Museum of Science and Industry from March 4th until September, I don't know exact date in September, but I know it's March until September, there is a Marvel Universe of Superheroes exhibit. Very cool. And I saw that during a Marvel, um, you know, there was doing a Marvel show where they were just, you know, announcing you know what's coming out there was a couple other ones like a lucha libre thing from marvel and there was a um a thing about a new version of a uh, escape room in europe oh, from cool. marvel right. but that's europe i can't really do anything about that right <laughs> <laughs> and i don't really know much about lucha libre wrestling so right but, um, but chicago but chicago i'm in milwaukee We're very <laughs> close to chicago that's all great for me <laughs> i gotta say i may have to i may have to pack the family up and go head down there yeah well that's the news well, I have been your Geek Jason. And I have been your Geek Scott. Thank you for listening, and live long and prosper. <laughs>